Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, from physio to winning a marathon in exactly one year. Yeah, it was fun. I've, ne- I've actually never broken the tape before. It was, uh, and, and my husband Chris got a couple of really great pictures. It, uh, it definitely was a really fun moment. Yeah, I won't forget that one. A first marathon after recovering from cancer. I've learned that I can do things I didn't think I'd be able to do or didn't think I wanted to do. And, and there is a big difference. I, mean, I know there are people who really want to accomplish things in life, whether it's a marathon or skydiving. I mean, there's, yeah. there are things that they just want to do. And, and I found that I could accomplish something that I wasn't hell-bent to do. I, I never set out as a goal anywhere in my life to run a marathon or distance running of any description or even to get in shape. It just was not something that appealed to me. So I found out that I can do things that I'm not necessarily driven to do. I can accomplish them and, and move on from there and sign up for another half marathon. And redemption for Krista Duchesne in Ottawa. I had a great Boston Marathon last year where I placed third and then uh, pretty much the opposite happened this year and I placed 46th. So this year in Boston, it was very humid, about 90% at the start, and I knew I just wasn't prepared for that, so I had to adjust and um, have a slower race. So the next day on the way home, traveling from the airport, the thought occurred to me, Ottawa, I'll do the Ottawa Marathon. So six weeks later, I crossed the line uh, in Ottawa and was uh, second Canadian and seventh overall, I think and just happy with my performance and how everything went. And the main thing is that I was prepared for the conditions of the day this time. On this edition of I Run Radio, we'll talk to three runners who had great outcomes in spring marathon events. One who a year ago was recovering from injuries and a few weeks ago won the Mississauga Marathon. A runner who completed his first marathon at age 60 after recovering from cancer treatment. And elite runner Krista Duchesne who struggled in Boston this year, but came back to have a great performance in Ottawa. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of IRUN, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. Great to see you last weekend in Ottawa. We didn't get to spend a lot of time together because there was so much going on at Ottawa Race Weekend, but uh, I'm glad you were here, and I know you got to talk to a lot of different runners and we had so many great stories to tell of all the people who were participating in Ottawa Race Weekend. We'll tell a couple of those today on the show. Uh, so looking forward to hearing how it went for everyone. What, how was your Ottawa Race Weekend? Yeah, well, firstly, just a big congratulations to everybody who has been out there and running, people who've been racing all over the country, people obviously who raced in Ottawa, and everybody who's been sharing their stories, and just, I mean, the energy is so high right now, and, uh, you know, so many people are just so thrilled that it's really just been a wonderful time, that it coincides with the beautiful weather is just... uh, you know, makes my job a breeze. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And as you, you know, point out, there's so many around. events, right? There's there's Mississauga, Toronto, uh, there there's Calgary, um, Halifax. Right. You know, Vancouver. Uh, there's just so many events going on at this time of year. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and just you know, in the social media, which connects everybody together, and I like to think that we play a, a small role in that, and that everybody's sort of. You know, and uh, some people had great runs, some people had okay runs, you know, everybody ran the gamut, but everybody was out there doing it, and you know what you almost uniformly hear is that everybody plans to get back on the horse. You know, you very rarely hear, <laughs> yeah. okay, I did it, 
I'm done. You right. Know, I'll see you at the uh, at the taco stand for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it is inspiring to see all these other stories. And I don't know what we did before social media. It's, it's funny I say that because, of course, when I ran my first marathon 15 years ago uh, this week, in fact, uh, there was no Twitter or Facebook. I don't think there was anyway. If there was, I wasn't on it. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there wasn't that thing of putting it out there and then everybody responding to it. And I'm not the most active guy on social media anyway, but but uh, I know for a lot of runners, it, it means something to not only share their own story and have people respond to it, but also to be able to see what everybody else is up to and be able to share their congratulations. The, the community of runners has gone virtual in the last five or ten years. And before that, I think it was really just, you know, who was in your life, and, and they were the only people who you could ha- interact with. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And especially now, too, you have this community, and, you know, it's like this traveling this traveling group, and that we're all over the country, but we all come together, and, like, you sort of, you know, you know people. You don't know them, know them, but you know, you know, you've shared in their journey somewhat, and you've shared in their story, and then they, they participate in this event, and, uh, you know, everybody's rooting on each other, and, I, you know, you always articulate this very well, that, like, for me to have a good race doesn't mean you have to have a bad one. I don't have to beat you. We're not in competition. You're only ultimately in competition with yourself. So, you know, you really root for everybody. And, uh, you know, it was just wonderful. And I would add one more thing that I ended up seeing. And this is an interesting story. And you saw her as well, that I haven't seen anything like this in a while. That I saw one runner, and she's an elite runner, a marathoner, and she's competed very well and you know she's she's talked about as a an olympian and we'll see but she ran and she exhibited something that was so gutsy i watched this woman run and she was so tilted over and you could see just in real pain yeah. you know it's the kind of thing that if it was a boxing match you know that the that the ref would have to i don't know is it a ref in boxing but whatever yeah. it is you know you might throw in the towel you know and this young woman, I don't know, she's 32 or something like that, and, and that she pushed on through, I really feel like my takeaway, I mean, all of us are runners, but, you know, when we get the opportunity to watch running, uh, you know, the inspiration I took from watching her run just has me wanting to double down on my own running and to see, you know, there's something so, and it's, it's that fine line, right, that is it noble to push yourself as far as you possibly can to your breaking point and keep going? But to witness that with someone I know in real time, yeah. something, you know, I'm not going to be forgetting anytime soon. Yeah, and you're talking about Rachel Hanna, of course, and, yeah. and her finish yeah. at the Ottawa Marathon. And in fact, I think we're going to have her on next week's edition of the show, so uh, we'll get to talk to her about that moment, uh, which, yeah, was very powerful. Uh, and, you know, I, I think we all sort of have to ask ourselves that question, where is the point yes. at which you need to stop? Because you yeah. might be jeopardizing yourself. She she said she never felt like she was at that point, so she knew she could keep going for a little while. And, and just to cross the finish line of a marathon is still a special thing, even if it doesn't go according to plan. And she was able to do that, and I think she did inspire a lot of people. There were certainly a lot of people cheering her on in those final couple of hundred meters leading up to the finish line. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I was just, I had the perfect vantage point, and I've been lucky enough to know her and I would say this almost uniformly about anybody that appears on your radio show anybody who appears in our magazine I mean basically we're vouching for their character 
You know, yeah. we say this all the time that if you're the fastest person in the world and a jerk, I just assume not cover your story. You know, there's a, <laughs> there's enough of that. I run doesn't need to contribute to that. But this woman is, uh, you know, I mean, she's generous and wonderful. You see her at the running room. You see her wherever, and she's always, you know. But I just had the perfect vantage point of watching her go. And what's more, I mean, I guess if I have to get personal, at that point I had thrown in the towel. You know, here was somebody who had gone through the wall and wouldn't quit. And I like, you know, approached the wall and I quit, you know. Yeah. I had, you know, uh, and then I said, geez, Ben, you really need to, you know, you really need to readjust some things. I just... uh you know, I just but I found myself very, very lucky to see it with with my own two eyes that what we're able to. And I'm not saying that this is what everybody should do, but I'm just saying I was lucky enough. It's like, where were you when you watched Kawhi Leonard hit that shot in game set? You know, in sports, yeah. running is a sport, and there are times when you see extraordinary things. Somehow, watching her run like that really felt to me as an extraordinary thing. Yeah, very well said. And then we both got to see Krista Duchesne at the finish line, and she was in mm. a great mood. She had had oh, a yeah. tough run in Boston going yeah. back a, a, a few weeks uh, and decided to run Ottawa kind of at the last minute and uh, had a great race, was the second Canadian overall after Dana Pitoreski and uh, was very happy with the outcome. So congratulations to Krista. We're going to be talking to her on the show today. Um, and and also uh, a colleague of mine at 1310 News uh, who has just, you know, he's really inspired me because he took up running only about 18 months ago after undergoing cancer treatment. He did the half marathon at the wow. Army Run last year. He just wow. turned 60. And he just ran his first marathon at Ottawa Boy. Race Weekend. And he he may never run another marathon again. I think he'll keep running. But just to have done that, to have gone from cancer treatment, really from diagnosis to running a marathon in 18 months, is such an inspiring story. So we're looking forward to sharing that with you on the show today as well. Ben, great to have your thoughts today. And I, I really like the way you described what Rachel Hanna did. We're going to talk to her likely on next week's show, certainly in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk to you soon, Ben. Have a great week. All best, my friend. Ben Kaplan, iRun's editor and general manager. Coming up next, winning in Mississauga, one year after starting the road to recovery. Travel to Edmonton this August to run the Friendly Marathon. Why? The Service Edmonton Marathon Race Weekend has events for the whole family. A Boston Qualifier Marathon, Half Marathon, Army 10K, 5K, and ABC Kids event. This event takes pride in being more personal, more genuine, more fun. Be in Edmonton, August 17th and 18th, and enjoy running in great temperatures, soak in the River Valley views, and the amazing energy as you race through downtown towards the finish line. Register at edmontonmarathon.ca. Just over a year ago, Maureen Mahoney was barely running at all. She was recovering from an injury and doing physiotherapy. But a few weeks back, Maureen finished first in the Mississauga Marathon. Maureen, thank you for joining us on I Run Radio. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And we should go back one year to, uh, in <laughs> fact, one year to the day before you uh, you did so well at the Mississauga Marathon. Uh, tell us about where you were a year ago. So exactly a year to the day uh, before I ran the marathon, I did my very first studio-approved run workout, which was five times one-minute run, one-minute walk, and that was all I was allowed to do. 
And the reason why I did that was because in January of 2018, uh, I, I had some tendonitis. I, um, in my right Achilles, I took some time off. I got treatment. I thought I was getting better and I was ready to do an interval workout, but I definitely underappreciated or underestimated, uh, how long it takes for a tendon to recover from tendonitis. And so when I did the interval workout, and of course I slipped because it was in the winter in January, and I ended up with two partial tears uh, in my right Achilles. And it was until May 5th before I could run again. So, So um, yeah, it was uh, a lot of physio. I I was really fortunate enough to find Alexandra Deke at OCSI, who is an excellent physiotherapist. And uh, she took control at the end of March when I finally got a proper diagnosis. And, um, yeah, a lot of rehab, a lot of physio, a lot of walk runs for a very long time before I could finally get started again. So uh, it made Mississauga a little bit more special so that it actually, totally by coincidence, fell a year to the day after I did my first physio-approved run workout. Yeah. So you basically were not running for about four months in early 2018. Yeah, I did. I did a couple of times try to run before I knew the extent of my injury, but I was never able to get beyond seven or eight K before I had to completely stop again for about two weeks. And then I would try again. Uh, and then, then after that failed that process of going from like two K to three K to six K to eight. And then my Achilles kind of flaring up and getting really sore again. Uh, I tried that about three times and then finally I got an ultrasound. And that's when we figured out that I had two tears. So you're right. So for pretty much from January until May of 2018, I didn't run. So how did that feel? Because I know how much you like it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. I I swam a lot. Um, I did a a lot of elliptical workouts. I rode my bike a lot, like anything really, to kind of get outside and, and be active and to go from you know, preparing for a marathon and that kind of routine and regimen to not being able to do anything is, uh, it's hard. It's really hard. So I kind of switched out lots of activities to try and keep myself motivated and active and um, just trying to focus on getting my my tendon better and rehab. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a long winter. So let's go back to when you started running in the first place and, and sure. when you started taking on marathons and, and discovering that that you could actually uh, run them pretty fast. Walk us through your running history. Okay, I actually didn't start running until my late 20s. Um, My athletic background is competitive swimming. Uh, I was a distance swimmer, and it was only when... So the way it worked with varsity swimming in Canada is the month of September is tryouts, and then they pick... Teams are usually picked to the end of September, early October, and then, and that was the, the schedule we followed at Dalhousie. And then throughout October, we would do various team-building activities. Uh, and, and group team runs were one of the activities we did. And so that was probably my very first time ever running, except for when I was a kid. Uh, so we did that um, all throughout October. We probably did it again in the spring as well, before everyone went off for summer vacation. Uh, but then I didn't run again until my late 20s. And, and the reason why I got back into it was because I had just moved back to Ottawa. It was 2010. And a former Dal teammate also had moved to Ottawa. And neither of us knew that many people. He wanted to do Ottawa race weekend, but he didn't have anybody to do long runs with. And he remembered from our time swimming together at Dal that I used to really enjoy those group runs. So he convinced me to come for Sunday runs with him. And my reward for doing so was a latte and a cookie afterwards. And that was how I got into running. So he bribed you. 
Yeah, 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 he totally bribed me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ended up convincing me to do the half marathon of race weekend that year. I guess it was the spring of 2011. And uh, I think he bribed me again. I think, like, he gave me, he bought me sushi afterwards or something like that. Like, it was all in exchange for food. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and, and when, did you, uh, when did you make the transition to running for yourself instead of for him and for the food? Uh, I, <laughs> I guess it was in that process. Like, once he convinced me to do the half marathon and I kind of, like, from my own distance uh, athletic experience, I knew I needed to run more than once a week. And so then I started running uh, at least probably two or three times a week. Um, and it just became a, a habit of doing it when I got I was doing my PhD at the time when I would come home from school at the end of the day just going for a run to clear my head. And then I guess that's when it, when I saw that personal, I like developed that personal connection for it and appreciation. So that's, yeah, I guess getting ready for race weekend that first time kind of got me into the groove of running. And when did you start to realize, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this. I can, I can run pretty fast, uh, and, and, uh, and be competitive. I guess I didn't really have a thought like that for a couple of years. Um, I, I mostly focused on time goals and, and, and various milestones, like breaking 40 minutes in a 10K or breaking 130 in a half marathon. Um, and I usually signed up for bigger things like race weekend or the Canada Day 10K or the 5K with Army Run, where there are, tend to be a lot of fast people. So I never really had a, that competitive perspective of myself. For I guess it's only been kind of recently that I've, I've thought about running that way. So tell me about the Mississauga Marathon and, and how it went for you. It obviously went well, but just walk us through the race. Yeah, the Mississauga Marathon, it's a, it's a great little race. Um, it's, yeah, it's I've a done it a couple marathon. of times, actually, and I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's smaller. It's about 600 people, um, and I mean, it's super well-organized. The, the expo was really easy to get to, um, great vendors, really easy to pick up your bibs. Uh, the course is a net downhill, and it's pretty flat. Um, and you go through various suburban parts of Mississauga, and then you go through a couple of parks on the waterfront. So, I mean, it's a really pleasant course. It's well-organized, great volunteer support. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it was it, it was, uh, it was over like a fun day. The weather was in our favor. Um, good crowd support at the start and the finish. Yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it. And what did you have in mind when you started the race? Uh, was it, look, I, I want to win this race, or was it just a particular time you were after? We were after a particular time, um, and because I hadn't really raced in a long time, because I tore my Achilles shortly after the Philadelphia Marathon in 2017, and I hadn't been tapered or prepared for a race for a long time, so I, uh, I forgot what that feels like, and I went out a little too fast. Um, so the, the end when a marathon always gets a bit challenging was, I probably set it up to be not the most fun experience in the world. And the last 5k were a little difficult, but I mean, overall it was, yeah, it was great. It was fun. Um, and just tried to stick to my pacing strategy as best I could, uh, and settle in and just let the kilometers click away and, and then just try and get through that last 5k, which I think is probably how everybody feels yeah. at the end of a marathon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, now, <laughs> did you know you were leading at that point? I knew I was leading pretty much from the outset because they had bike leads okay. for uh, the half and the full because the half and the full start together. So they had bike leads for the leader of the half and the full, and I believe they had a bike lead for the second place in the marathon as well. So I had the same bike lead, the same guy with me the whole time. 
so I knew I was I knew I was in the lead. And what did it feel like to cross the finish line and be the winner? The winner. Yeah, it was fun. I've ne- I've actually never broken the tape before. It was, uh, and, and my husband Chris got a couple of really great pictures. It uh, it definitely was a really fun moment. Yeah, I won't forget that one. And what is it that you enjoy about running? What has made you stick with it and chase after all these goals? Um, that's a really good question. I guess. Well, I mean, running has definitely had a bit of a. Um, I mean, it's become increasingly popular. There's more and more people running. The Ottawa running scene is getting really fun. There's lots of women, a growing number of women who are who are getting really competitive uh, and running great time. So it's really fun to watch that happen and, and to try and be a part of that. Um, and I guess it's just a personal challenge. Like it's, you know, running requires a lot of consistent, diligent effort. I mean, Des Linden, I think, has it right that you just have to keep showing up and just keep putting the work in. And then I've always really appreciated the mental challenge of distance events. Um, when I was swimming, I swam the 15, the 8, the 4. Like, I always liked the longer the longer um, events because I can't sprint. And so <laughs> I had to learn to go long. Um, and I think that's what, what kind of has gotten me hooked on running. It's just it's figuring out how to run a smart marathon is has uh, an added challenge and an added interest. Well, you certainly are well on your way to uh, a great running <laughs> career, and and congratulations on the win in Mississauga. That's fantastic, and it must feel really good to you, especially after what you went through last year. Yeah, it does. It, it's and uh, around the bay also went really well. I was a little nervous of the hills, but my Achilles was fine and fitness was fine, so it's exciting. Yeah, it's glad to. I'm glad to. It's, you appreciate coming back from an injury when yeah. you start to see things really coming together. Yeah. Maureen, thank you so much for joining us on iRun Radio. Oh, no problem. Thank you. That's Maureen Mahoney of Ottawa. Coming up next, completing a first marathon after recovering from cancer. Travel to Edmonton this August to run the Friendly Marathon. Why? The Service Edmonton Marathon Race Weekend has events for the whole family. A Boston Qualifier Marathon, Half Marathon, Army 10K, 5K, and ABC Kids event. This event takes pride in being more personal, more genuine, more fun. Be in Edmonton, August 17th and 18th, and enjoy running in great temperatures, soak in the River Valley views, and the amazing energy as you race through downtown towards the finish line. Register at edmontonmarathon.ca. Over the past few months, we've been sharing the journey of my colleague Andrew Boyle of 1310 News, Andrew recovered from cancer treatment to run his first half marathon last year, and now he has completed his first marathon. Andrew, welcome once again to Iron Radio. Thank you for joining us. I'm a regular now. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you deserve to be a regular because your story is so inspiring. And I'll remind people that uh, as we've been following your story over the last year or so, you, uh, you, uh, when was it that you found out you had cancer? It was in November of 2017, yes. So basically 18 months ago. Yes, that's right. And you were treated for it, you had surgery, you recovered, and uh, you did the half marathon at the Army Run last year, less than a year after your diagnosis, and then decided to do a marathon. And now you've done it. Congratulations. Yes, I'm I'm feeling quite proud of myself. I learned so many things. one thing I learned is I'm not a marathon runner. I mean, I, I know some people who, who do it, especially for the first time, think, okay, I've done it, and now I can say I've done it, and that's it for me. Or others just get hooked on it and say, no, 
I've got to beat that time. I've got to run further and, and walk less or whatever the reason. But I just found for anyone who does this, boy, it is grueling. And I, I realize now that my training regimen wasn't nearly close to what I needed to do in order to be ready for that, uh, that endurance because it is, it is tough, very tough. But you got from the start line to the finish line yes. in a marathon. So you are a marathon runner. You have completed a marathon. True. Uh, you did it after recovering from cancer. And if you don't mind me saying as well, you did your first marathon after you turned 60. Uh, that's as true, well, too. Which yes. is no small accomplishment. Uh, you know, that's something to be very proud of. Uh, and, I, and I am quite. But uh, there are things in, in life that you don't expect yourself to do. You never, I never saw myself as a runner. I was a sprinter in, in school. I never considered any long distance. I would look at the cross-country team and go, you guys are all crazy. And they didn't go 42K. I, I don't <laughs> even know how long a cross-country race is yeah. in high school. Uh, but I thought I would never, because I didn't get any enjoyment out of it but after after the cancer treatments ended and i was basically muscleless if you can imagine you just you, your body loses so much of itself when you're going through that process just because you don't feel like doing anything you're you you go through treatment and luckily for me it was just radiation but still that's draining in its own way on the body and you really don't feel like going for a run or a cycle or lift weights or do even go for a swim you just want to sit on the couch and, and binge watch stuff. And, and boy, that gets very aggravating very quickly. Uh, so I think once, once the treatments were over and I started feeling physically better, I knew I had to do something and just thought, why don't I try something I haven't been doing for most of my adult life? And that's take up running. Yeah, and I admire you for doing that uh, because you you it it took effort obviously, and when you've you've been through something like you describe, um, it those those first few runs have got to be tough, right? Because you you haven't been. Uh, you're not fit. You're not in great shape. You haven't been moving a lot, and and you've you've got to force yourself to go out there and do it, and gradually build up your your energy and build up your endurance. And for the first time, uh, when I learned I had cancer, I did not go to Doctor Google. Mm. Uh, and 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 my my oncologist <laughs> said on my first visit, "All right, you've been to Doctor Google. Tell me everything that you know already." And I said, "To be honest, I haven't done it at all because I didn't want to do that." However, when the treatments ended, I did go to Google just to find out a regimen that I could start to follow from someone recovering from a serious illness and and come back slowly. So I didn't find it that tough because the, the program I followed, I think it was run for one minute at a, at a pace that you're comfortable with, walk for five, run for another one, walk for another five, and stop the next day, and so on and so on. And it yeah. would increase and increase. So I didn't find it that taxing. And all, all of a sudden, I'm running 10K going, I never thought I'd be able to run 10 kilometers. That's ridiculous. But I could. So then set the goal of doing the half marathon yeah. last September. So what have you learned along the way? I've learned that I can do things I didn't think I'd be able to do or didn't think I wanted to do. And and there is a big difference. I mean, I know there are people who really want to accomplish things in life, whether it's a marathon or skydiving. I mean, there's yeah. there are things that they just want to do. And, and I found that I could accomplish something that I wasn't hell-bent to do. I, I never set out as a goal anywhere in my life to run a marathon or distance running of any description or even to get in shape. It just was not something that appealed to me. But I found that partly being cheap and realizing I 
basically needed a pair of good running shoes and I was okay, which is fairly cheap compared to a lot of sports, I, I decided, okay, this will be the one I, I do. So I found out that I can do things that I'm not necessarily driven to do. I can accomplish them and, and move on from there and sign up for another half marathon in the fall. Do you think that's what you'll do? <laughs> I've already done it. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. Army Run again? Yeah, the Army Run. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's worth mentioning it's uh, going to have a different course this year. It's going to start from the War Museum in Ottawa, and it will travel through the Beechwood Cemetery, which is also the military cemetery, and that will be a quiet zone. So there are a couple of elements of the race that will be different this year, and 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 I think very appealing to runners. Uh, it will really capture that that spirit of the Army Run that it has fostered over the last 10, 11 years. Uh, so I think it'll be very powerful. Well, that was, to be honest, that was the, the, the deciding factor for me when they changed the course to include those areas in particular, the yeah. War Museum and, and Beechwood. And the, the marathon course from last weekend uh, did pass by the entrance to the Beechwood ceremony, uh, Cemetery. And uh, it just clicked in my head, you know, the Army Run is going through there on their half marathon this time around. And I think that is, um, my father was military. I think it's just, it, it's just a really good thing to experience. And I thought running through that cemetery, that will give you an extra motivation to, to cross the finish line in that run. What you said there about uh, learning that you can do something, I, I think that is one of the most powerful things about running is that, uh, and I've said this before, that if you want to do anything in life, learn a new language, uh, take a course in university, learn a new skill of some kind, uh, look, if you... If you've never driven a standard shift <laughs> on an automobile and you Good decide point. that's something you want to do, you know, you can do anything. You just have to take the steps to do it. It's not something you can learn overnight. And I try to tell my kids this all the time, that that even though there is all kinds of marketing messaging around getting rich quick or mm. losing weight fast or all of these things of overnight success, right? the reality is most things in life you learn one step at a time. And, and that's how you get from not being able to do something to being able to do it. And running is a great metaphor for that, I think. And there were two people that I met in particular during the marathon that were very inspirational. One was I was trying to keep pace with someone all the way along, just someone I was comfortable with and thought, okay, I'll follow them. And they blew past me. <laughs> must have been at least 10 people. I thought, okay, there's a pace I can handle and started following that person. Uh, and then about, I think it was 30K or so in, there was one woman who passed me. And I thought, oh, she's going at a pretty good clip. So anyway, a couple of minutes later, I end up passing her. And that happened for the final 12 kilometers altogether. She would pass me. I would pass her. Mm. She would pass me. I met her at the end of the race uh, just by chance in the, in the cool down area. And I said, look, I just wanted to say thank you for setting the pace for me. And she said, I was looking for you to thank you for setting the pace for me. So we fed off each other for nice. that final 12, which is, uh, which is pretty grueling. And the other person was one of the volunteers who obviously saw the look of pain on my face as I was approaching, I think I was about 3K out or four. And she came up, introduced herself and said, look, uh, yeah, I can see you're struggling a little bit. Do you want me to run with you for, for these last couple of, of K? And I said, 
well, if you don't mind, she said, well, that's what I'm here for. Now, is she so, with the Extra Mile crew? Yes, that's, yeah, exactly. That does that at the end of the race. That's a really, really neat uh, group of volunteers. Yeah, and yeah. We, we talked for the final uh, final portion of the run and uh, just told sort of our life story. She'd been in, I think she said, 33 marathons now and just 40 years old. I thought, well, that's amazing wow. right there. But anyway, uh, and we, we talked back and forth, and she really encouraged me over the last little bit. We crossed the finish line. She turns to me and says, Great meeting you. I've got to go and find someone else who wants a little help getting across. And I said, absolutely, you go right ahead, because it was it was really an inspiration to see someone like that who just just wanted to help other people finish that goal. Yeah, I'd like to try that sometime, actually, being a part of that crew. I think that's really cool. Um, Now, anything else from the experience of running the marathon that stands out for you? Well, I I think the preparation is the key because I think I think you mentioned to me a couple of uh, maybe on this show or or um, some other time in in private that this is something that you have to prepare properly for and if you prepare properly just about anyone who's physically able can do a marathon may not run the entire course but you can do a marathon and I think that really spoke volumes to me because if I if I had done the proper training and little stupid injuries hadn't happened along the way, I think I could have run the entire distance. I didn't, and I after seeing the number of people who also walked a little portion of that, um, I don't mind admitting it because it, it it was a marathon course. Yeah, I just didn't run the whole course. I I walked part of the way, but it it's it's something that. If you set your mind to it and you can really train your body, you can do it. And it's something that really feels good. At the end, you get a little certificate, you get a medal, you get your pictures, you get your videos, and you can look back and say, oh, I really did look in pain there, but look at me smiling across the finish line. It's something that I I can do, and I've proven it to myself, and other people can do that too. Right on. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very uh, proud of you and inspired by you, what you've done in the last year and a half. So well done. It does feel good. Thank you. That's Andrew Boyle, my colleague here at 1310 News. Coming up next, elite marathon runner, Krista Duchesne. Travel to Edmonton this August to run the Friendly Marathon. Why? The Service Edmonton Marathon Race Weekend has events for the whole family. A Boston Qualifier Marathon... Half Marathon, Army 10K, 5K, and ABC Kids event. This event takes pride in being more personal, more genuine, more fun. Be in Edmonton, August 17th and 18th, and enjoy running in great temperatures, soak in the River Valley views, and the amazing energy as you race through downtown towards the finish line. Register at edmontonmarathon.ca. Krista Duchesne finished third in the Boston Marathon on a cold and blustery day last year. This year, it didn't go quite as well, so she decided to run the Ottawa Marathon. Krista, welcome back to I Run Radio. Thanks for having me again. And it was great to run into you at the finish line of the Ottawa Marathon because you were so happy. You were in such a great mood after after your performance. Uh, just walk us through what happened at the Ottawa Marathon. Well, as we know, I had a great Boston Marathon last year where I placed third, and then uh, pretty much the opposite happened this year, and I placed 46th. So this year in Boston, it was very humid, about 90% at the start, and I knew I just wasn't prepared for that, so I had to adjust and um, have a slower race. So the next day on the way home, traveling from the airport, the thought occurred to me, Ottawa, I'll do the Ottawa Marathon. So 
Six weeks later, I crossed the line uh, in Ottawa and was uh, second Canadian and seventh overall, I think, and just happy with my performance and how everything went. And the main thing is that I was prepared for the conditions of the day this time. Now, 46th place. I mean, uh, we can be glass half empty or glass half full about that. 46th place in Boston uh, is still a pretty good result. Uh, considering, uh, and we've told your story before, the first time you ran the Boston Marathon was an, as an amateur runner, just like me or anybody else, right? That's right. So I think more realistically, I would have placed this year, you know, maybe 20th. Right. Third was a bit, you know, unexpected, and then 46th was also unexpected. <laughs> but the way I saw it was I was prepared for last year with the cold and the rain and everything else, whereas that was unexpected for the others, and they weren't prepared for those conditions. So then this year when it was warm and humid, you know, that works well for the East Africans and a lot of the elite females that are from the southern U.S. states, but I trained in minus 30 in Ontario all winter and just wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, and and uh, that's that's a big part of it, isn't it? You don't know what you're going to get on race day, and the conditions can be a big factor, and they are beyond your control. Right. It's it's a real it's a tricky one because typically you do about two marathons a year, and you don't know what the weather's going to be, especially in a place like Boston in April. Right. It, it's really hit and miss. I mean, it was just extreme from one year to the next. But Ottawa, I think, is a bit more predictable that it's going to be warm and humid so my main thing that I told myself when I came back was that I'm not going to do the Ottawa Marathon and complain about heat and humidity because of my experience in Boston this year so I really prepared for what we had and I compared it a lot to Rio where I trained um, with extra layers of clothing on and I sat in the sauna so that when it came to race day, it didn't actually seem as bad as it was for many other people. Hmm. That's interesting. So uh, the preparation paid off, obviously. You were happy with the outcome? Definitely. Yeah, and just tell us a little bit about the race itself and how it went for you. And, and this, I think a lot of people were surprised to see you running there because, as you say, you typically run a couple of marathons a year and you'd just done Boston a few weeks earlier. Right, well... I just wanted to keep it quiet this time. And so when I came back and asked Dave Scott Thomas, my coach, what he thought about me doing another marathon six weeks later, he said, yep, that sounds good. Take the full week off and don't run at all. And then we'll take it one week at a time. And that's what we did. So a good thing is that I just decided to keep it quiet this time because we were kind of going, you know, just one week at a time. And it was refreshing, right? There was so much activity and media and interviews and everything after Boston last year, which carried through to this year, that it was just nice to have a break from it, just mentally and emotionally, so that I just went kind of under the radar. I had my own room, which is wonderful, and Manny and the Ottawa Marathon Race um, volunteers were just amazing. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was a good thing for me to go quietly and just get on the start line and just do the race. Yeah. And it obviously went well. Just take take us through the event itself. So, uh, yeah, I knew that my main Canadian competition would be Dana and Rachel, and I knew that they were very fit. Uh, In terms of the international field, I didn't look at it too closely, but 
you know, everyone's thinking about Tokyo and what it might take to be named to the team. So I knew top five at a gold label race gets you on about a qualifier, which is as good as a 229.30 or top 10 at a world major or top 10 at world championships. So, you know, you can always um, expect that some international athletes will drop out. And, you know, I was seventh overall, and, and top five gets you a, an automatic qualifier. So that was, um, you know, something that I was prepared to, to think about in the race in terms of place. Now, Dana and Rachel, Canadian competition, I knew were very fit. And I just thought, well, the only way that I'm going to get higher than third Canadian is if the weather is what I was prepared for and and that's what ended up happening. So I know it was a tough day for a lot of people out there and um, it it worked out for me in that I had prepared for that heat and humidity. So the race went well. I just uh, just kept focused and I knew I really wanted it. You know, you don't run a marathon six weeks after another one and just, you know, kind of go at it. 50%. 50%. So I really wanted it, and it's always nice to end your season on a good note. So the race was pretty straightforward. I got every single bottle in gel, and every bottle I was drinking every drop of that because of the, the heat. And then I was pouring water on my head um, just to stay cool, and I was taking the sponges and uh, was able to maintain a decent pace. I slowed a bit in the second half, but I don't think as much as many other people did. Yeah. And and what did it mean to you to have that finish line experience and to be so happy afterwards uh, after you'd struggled in Boston? Well, you know, at, at the end of every marathon, I, I do like to celebrate and take it in. It's You've got to make it fun and enjoy the sport that you're doing. So I know when I was in Boston, coming down Boylston, Last year was really exciting and just chaotic with everything else that was happening at the time and not knowing I was third, but I certainly took that in. But this year in Boston, you know, I I still decided, you know what, this is Boylston Street, and I'm not going to pout coming down the finish line. I'm going to still take it in. So it's kind of something I've decided to do regardless because I'm healthy and happy, and crossing the line of a marathon is just an accomplishment in itself. So... um yeah, this year I, I did the same thing. You know, I, I finished the Ottawa Marathon six weeks after Boston, and I'm going to soak up the crowd and have fun. And, um, you know, it worked out well, so it was worth celebrating. Yeah, I like what you say, because I always argue that uh, that even if you don't achieve your goals, any day you finish a marathon is a really good day, and you have to look at it that way. Uh, we're we're uh, privileged to be able to run and and to be fit and, and to have the opportunity to cover that distance, and, and we should celebrate that even if we don't accomplish all of our goals. Right, I completely agree. And another thing that we can always look at is how our marathon build and training went leading up to it. So if you know, you were able to handle higher mileage or, you know, your workouts were deeper and faster and you stayed healthy and you tried a few new things that worked well, even if it didn't come together race day, you can still look at that experience and and move forward with with that moving to the next uh, marathon training build. Yeah. And I know you, we've talked about this before, but you, you kind of view uh, where you are now in your career, you view having been to the Olympics and having had some great experiences and some great runs, uh, you, you sort of view all of what you're doing now as a bonus, don't you? Yes. And it's, I mean, that's what makes it fun and exciting. Uh, 
And it's interesting because after Boston, it just didn't sit well with me because it's tricky to age gracefully at the sport. So I'm still hanging on, and I still have the standard for world championships. And, you know, there's always Tokyo team to be looking forward to if, if you know, depending on how that works out. But um, it, it just left a bit of a feeling like, okay, I still want this. I'm not content with how I did in Boston, and I'm not just going to kind of cruise and just settle for finishing marathons. I still want to compete. So it was, I think, an excellent opportunity for me to know that, you know, I'm still in this game and I can still do well. And moving forward, things like the World Championships in Doha in September and the Olympics in Tokyo in 2020, those are going to be races about more survival in that extreme heat than anything else. So that's exciting as well. I'm not sure that my fastest days are ahead of me. They may be just, you know, stay at 228 from 2013. But I think my wisdom and experience with how I can race when I'm prepared well is definitely a bonus for, for me at my age. Right on. That's uh, a great way to look at it. And I know it fits with your your philosophy about life and your faith and, and so many other things. Uh, Krista, again, it's it's wonderful to see you so happy at the finish line as I did last week and and uh, to hear you talking about your future in these terms. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That's Krista Duchesne. Coming up in the weeks ahead, more stories of runners participating in spring events, including, as we talked about earlier, Rachel Hanna, and a runner who goes back and forth in the final few kilometers of a race to help people get across the finish line. I hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.